0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, yes, we did not come out last week and do anything, but there was the draft, there was free agency, and just so much breaking that anything we put out would have been out of date right away. So why not wait for a little bit of the dust to settle, see what's happening, see what's going on, and everybody's wondering, hey, are the Buffalo Sabres now Stanley Cup contenders? Now they got Taylor Hall. I asked Kyle Outridge, how you doing today, and what do you think of Taylor Hall and Buffalo?
1: Well, my friend, it's, uh, it's another offside recording day, so always a good day, but my, my, uh, Taylor Hall, I, I can't say that I thought Buffalo was in the running for a Taylor Hall sweepstakes, but uh, I mean, I guess, I'm, I've never, I haven't been too, uh, too much of a fan of uh, Arizona, so I can't really say I'm surprised that he wanted to get out there and uh, get out of there and go wherever he could. Um, I guess, hey, one year... And uh, what, what was it, $8 million he's getting? I, I guess you can't really complain at that. It gives him an opportunity to go somewhere next year. So it'll be interesting to see him play
0: with Eichel, though. Well, I look at it like this, and I said it on Twitter. You know, you, you go to Buffalo, and here's the thing. You get to have first power play minutes. You play with a guy like Jack Eichel, who's a perennial superstar. You get to sit down and park yourself on a team where you're going to be one of the focal points where all the offense runs through. And then at the end of it, You're going to be available probably at the trade deadline because Buffalo is going to be out of it. Sorry, Buffalo Sabres fans. I don't think you've made enough moves on the back end, let alone have confidence in your goaltending to get you very far. But you look at Taylor Hall and what he can do. He bet on himself for one year. You got your $8 million deal, which is kind of market right now with the way the cap is. Then you go into the squad. You tear it up. Trade deadline comes. You go to a contender. You get that playoff experience. Buffalo gets a haul for haul. You know, they get picks or whatever they need, prospects, load up a little bit more, and then Taylor Hall goes and cashes in next offseason. A lot of rumblings that Edmonton was in the mix. Montreal was apparently never there, never made an offer. Um, For me, I look at Taylor Hall going over to, to Buffalo, I shake my head. Because this is definitely a guy that's not picking a place to win. He's picking a place where he can get the most money right now and maximize the chance of making more money. So as long as he stays healthy, he checks his own boxes. And uh, you know what? If I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan, I wish that little video he put out where he said uh, maybe I'll endear myself by putting myself through a table. Maybe he should. Because uh, the guy needs to give his head a shake because he's definitely not thinking with his heart. He's thinking with his wallet. And we all know a lot of guys in the NHL, when they think with that wallet, don't get very
1: far. Yeah, and, and on that point, too, I, I, I thought the one thing that kind of came to my mind when, when, the, when I heard about the signing was, well, maybe he's closer to family. I don't know. Like, at the end of the day, coming to Buffalo, other than what you just said, I think that's really the only other option you could really go with. Um, but, uh, like you said, definitely, definitely he's got something in mind. He's got, uh, he's got something that's driving him and I don't think it's, uh, it's definitely winning like you just said.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not winning. I mean, you look at the additions that the Buffalo Sabres have made, um, you know, Matt Irwin... Tobias Reeder, Brendan Davidson, Cody Eakin, serviceable forward. Uh, Brandon Montour is not a bad defenseman. Um, You know, Obviously, uh, I would love to see him on the Leafs, but he's re-signed there. And then you have, obviously, Taylor Hall for the big haul. These are not names that are jumping off the page. Most of those guys are guys that fill out your bottom six. And Brandon Montour, not a bad piece. Maybe, uh, you know, I'd say bottom of your defensive pairs, the way he shook out. So, yeah, it's definitely not a chance to go and win. But uh, we want to take care of the... Buffalo Sabres right off the hop. I know the Sabres fans. Listen, you start to feel like you have to maybe uh, have a bit of a a give-a-crap meter for some of these fan bases because I look at Dwayne Steinel and the way he went off on that team and, you know, being a lifelong fan like we are of the Maple Leafs, you can feel the pain. And now these guys, it's almost like Edmonton for a while. They they have a bona fide star. They have a star on D. You know, they have some pieces there. They go get Eric Stahl, and you're just screaming to make sure that this works, but... They're not addressing the right things. I mean, the second-line center, yes, you need, but you need to work on that back end, and you need to find a goalie, and there's no goalies available now. Everybody's Mm -hmm. already found a a home. So I don't know, Sabres fans. I I feel for you a little bit. I don't want to see you do well in the Atlantic, obviously, but uh, this is... uh, I want to see you guys go up the stand-ins, man. It's it's, it's definitely uh, dire times. And if you guys haven't guessed that this show is going to be focusing on the Atlantic Division, we'll uh, break down some of the moves the other teams have made, see what it does to the Maple Leafs. And right now, I'll put my stamp on the uh, Buffalo Sabres, um, and I'll say does not affect. Um, none of the moves they've made really will affect the Toronto Maple Leafs. Can they go on a heater like they did in the past couple of years? Maybe a 10-game winning streak and still uh, fizzle out? Yep, I think so. I think it's all possible. Um, if Carter Hutton stands on his head or Linus Allmark gets signed and is good, can they make noise? Possibly, but I don't think their back end uh, rewards them and uh, will make them uh, you know anything to worry about in the playoff hunt. So I'll put that rubber stamp on him and says does not affect the Toronto Maple Leafs at all. How about you, Kaw?
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm at the same thing. I, I don't think Buffalo is going to be a real, uh, real issue for the Leafs or anything like that. Um, yeah, they've made the hall the signing, but like you said, goaltending's still up in the air in a, in a sense, you know, they're relying on somebody on, uh, you know, Allmark or Hutton showing up and, and literally being a carry Price all of a sudden, um, you know, it's a far stretch. So I'm not really, not really too worried about what they got to offer and what they're going to do this season, but, uh. I mean,
0: uh, I don't know, Buffalo. I guess you're I guess you're in for a ride. We've all been there, so No, I mean we're we're still coming out of it. We haven't won anything yet, which Sabres fans will remind us, but at least we qualify for the damn dance and that's what matters right now. We're building the little building blocks, but we'll move on. The uh big bad Boston Bruins. Sadly right now are without Tori Krug, he went on to Saint Louis. Uh Zedano Chara doesn't seem to be any progress being made by the player or the team to get a deal done. Who knows if he goes back. Um, their big signings so far are Kayvon Miller and Craig Smith. Craig Smith I've always liked. Uh, came over from Nashville. Free agent signing for the Buffalo or the, uh, the Boston Bruins. Um, I like what he brings, uh, but I look at this squad and they say, you lost Tory Krug, you lost Sedano Chara. What is... Rep- maybe Chara I should say. I won't say he's gone yet. The giraffe still lurks in the woods. But... Um, I look at this squad and I say, what have you done on D? Uh, not a lot. You have Yaroslav Halak. Tukarask wants to come back, apparently. Said the Boston's the only team he wants to play for. So you are essentially set in net. But the back end is what concerns me, much like the Buffalo Sabres. Do you lose a puck mover and a point getter in Toy Krug? Who's replacing him? Charlie McAvoy? That's nice. Okay. Yeah. But who's the second guy to that fiddle? And if Zdeno Chara's not there, who's stepping up? And I know Bruins fans are probably screaming right now, well, this guy and that guy... But the thing is, the Bruins haven't done anything yet. So I'm wondering if they're in on one of these trades that are coming out. I know Mackenzie Wieger's name's been out there. You know, kind of a rugged, more battle-tested defenseman. Um, You know, there's a lot of teams that are very tight against the cap. You look at the uh, New York Islanders and Lou Lamorello. Needs to shed salary to get Barzell in there. uh, Dezingle and a few other guys signed. Um, So you wonder if the Boston Bruins are waiting to see what team is going to get desperate enough to make moves and see what happens there. I wonder for you, you watch the Boston Bruins, they're kind of like our nemesis right now, Montreal was for so long, but the the playoff battles and different things against the Boston Bruins, that's fresh in our minds. What do you think of the Bruins? And I won't put my stamp on them yet, I want to hear your opinion. What do you think of what the Bruins have done to date during the offseason?
1: Well, I mean, they've not done much, but get rid of some players and some important pieces, but... uh... I don't know. I mean, it's it's like you said. It's up in the air. It depends on Chara. It depends on on Rask. I mean, like, what is their goaltending going to look like? What's the defensive core going to look like? All that good jazz. So, I mean, for Boston, I mean, it's up in the air as well. I'm not I'm not too concerned about them as I have been in past years, though. How about you, Jeff?
0: You know what? Here's here's my rubber 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 stamp. I can't even say I was about to say Rubble Stamp. You know, maybe that's what they are. Maybe they are going to take the B out of their names and just become the Boston Ruins. Um, but I look at this squad and I say, okay, the back end needs to be tuned up. And Boston can yeah. definitely go do it. I mean, Sweeney knows how to make moves and knows how to get things done. Um, but I look at this squad and I say, are you as intimidating to us as you used to be with Tory Krug and Dano Chara and a younger Marshy and a younger Bergie and all those different players that are so impactful for your squad? Past is pasta, so we won't even touch on him. He's going to score no matter what. I would put a rubber stamp on them and say they're a threat to the Maple Leafs, but I would no longer say that they are the immovable object we all have in our mind of the big bad Bruin that you need to slay to get over. Um, I think age, I think team construction and different things coming into play no longer make them that big bad Bruin. So I, I like I said, I, I name them a threat, a rubber stamp, that is a threat, but I don't say that they're big bad bruins of old that we need to uh, worry about them
1: yeah no I, I can definitely agree with that like and like they're like you just passes is always going to score they're always going to have those those gritty guys that are going to get in there and make your make your game you know difficult but um I, I, I it's definitely a team the league can contend with with what we have now that's for sure
0: so then we move on Sorry, Boston fans, but we are moving on from you, trust me. We'll move on from you in the playoffs as well, but we'll get to that another day. So the next team I want to look at in the Atlantic Division, obviously, is going to be the Detroit Red Wings. I sit down, I look at the squad, and I look at what they did so far. You look at the signings they did, um, you know, Bobby Ryan. I want to talk about that right off the hop. Um, Very excited for Bobby Ryan, obviously. Didn't work out in Ottawa with the big ticket, Um, You know, he had the issues, he had the demons, he came back, he fought them, you know, and did well when he did come back. I look at him getting the chance in Detroit with the young team that they have, and he could be a leader, um, especially with everything he's just gone through. He could definitely uh, help some guys along with certain aspects that uh, some players may not be able to, you know, tow a guy with. And also he can produce. So if he can produce even at a, a half clip of what he's used to, for the money he's about to make, you know, $1 million deal. Um, you know, Bobby Ryan might be able to turn himself into the next Tyler Ennis and get himself a three-year deal or, you know, a couple more mil or Connor Brown kind of type with, uh, you know, 15 to 20 goals, especially on a young Detroit Red Wings team. But you look at the other moves, you know, John Merrill, you know, Kyle Kriskaloo, Thomas Grice in net, not bad after Jimmy Howard's not coming back. You get Troy Stetcher, which is a guy that a lot of people were uh, wanting Vancouver to, to hold on to. And a guy that I really like, and I always pick him up in my, all my NHL games, is, uh, you know, Vlad I love what he brings in the yeah. game. Um, it hasn't worked out for him in certain spots, obviously. Tampa traded him away on the high to New York. New York over to Ottawa. Now Ottawa to Detroit. Um, you know, he's he can do things that you need him to do. Um, you put him in a situation to score, he'll probably be able to. But I look at Detroit, and I'll rubber stamp them right now. I look at them as still rebuilding, trying to get the young pieces in, the Rasmussens, the Zadinas, and all those different guys. work them into the lineup. I look at them as not a threat. I rubber stamp that now. I don't see them chasing up the thing. I'm sorry to the boys over at the Wing Wheel podcast. I know you listened. Um, I'm not shouting on them. I'm not shutting them down. Stevie Wise making sound moves and getting things done. But right now, you guys are still going to be battling at the bottom of the heap, which is not bad. Getting a couple of good picks in there, and away you go. But definitely rubber stamping them—not a threat to the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I, I'm on board with that too. I, I
1: don't see—I uh, mean, they made some moves. They've—they uh, brought in some players, but uh, not enough to seriously make them some con- uh, to make them a contender or a threat to to anybody really. But it'll be interesting to see how that how that lineup shakes up though.
0: Town, You're on the upswing. you got plenty of good young talent coming, so don't worry. Hold your breaths. Or I should say, take a deep breath and relax because you guys will probably be bottom of the standings. Don't hold that breath. Uh, But a team that should hold their breath is the Montreal Canadiens. Um, Any team with carry Price between the pipes. Then you get Edmondson. You have Shea Weber. You look at the defense and you say, okay, that's something that's building. Then you go out and you trade Max Domi for Josh Anderson. To me, a little bit of a head-scratcher. But if Josh Anderson can be the guy who is healthy and scoring you 20-plus goals, then he's worth the contract you signed him to. But if he cannot get back to that, if he cannot recapture that magic, holy Hannah, do you have yourself the ultimate albatross around the neck of an aging Carey Price, an aging Shea Weber, and a Josh Anderson that cannot perform three hefty contracts that could be huge Boat anchors, you know you're you're rolling the dice and betting, it. and I know Mr. Mark Bergevin's got the big biceps, 26-inch pythons, and he's gonna throw those dice as hard as he can. Well, I hope those dice explode the table, cause whoa! But then he goes out and he follows that up by re-signing Victor Mene, and he goes and he gets Tyler to Foley for four oh, years, seventeen million dollars. I like the deal. I like the player. I wish he's stuck in Vancouver, which, a side note, holy hell, Vancouver got gutted. They're starting goalie, <laughs> defenseman, forwards, you name it. You know, who knows those, those three deals to Beagle and those bottom six guys that they signed would be the undoing of so much. I mean, you don't sign those deals, you have those guys, you have the money. I mean, yeah. I, yeah 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 Jim Bending, my friend, what are you doing? But you land Nate Spitch. But back over to the Montreal Canadiens. I look at this squad, and I look at what they now have up front. So if you have a healthy Josh Anderson, a Thomas Tatar that is determined to play, you have yourself a Brendan Gallagher, a Tyler Toffoli, the back end, Carey Price, and then Suzuki and the young guys like know and them coming along. I look at the Montreal Canadiens and I say Toronto Maple Leafs and the Toronto Maple Leafs fans need to look in that mirror and say objects appear larger than they appear because that Montreal Canadian team is coming. They are coming. I label them a potential threat to be in the top three of the Atlantic Division. If Carey Price is on, they went out and addressed a whole bunch of their needs, and they can definitely be a potential threat to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And this is a Maple Leaf fan saying the Montreal Canadiens could be a potential threat. It sucks, but they've gone and done some moves. They've done some things. We'll see if it all works out. What about you, Mr. Orich
1: Oh man, well, uh, like like you just said, uh, <laughs> Montreal. Uh, if they didn't, if they didn't threaten, feel, make you feel threatened before, and. Uh, you, you, you weren't sure if they were ever gonna, you know, get a grip on things. Why might have they made some moves to uh, really put some doubt in a lot of people's minds? Because that team looks scary. Uh, it's young. It's fast. They've got they've gone out and solidified the deep core. And like you said, it. If Carey Price shows up, well, all all bets are off, and uh, Montreal could definitely be uh, vying for for a playoff spot and and making a deep run in the playoffs. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that team plays out, but uh, definitely some very scary signings if you're not a Montreal fan and you're looking in the mirror.
0: So the next team that I go and look at there, my friend, I mean, obviously, Robert Sam, Montreal, Montreal, potential threat. Okay, you guys got it. I'm patting you on the back. Don't get your ego too big. I see you, Blaine. I see you guys over at the Habs Unfiltered. Trust me, I'll make sure to tag this and snip it for you that I picked you guys to be potential threats. Um, I know it's going to be a whole lot of, Oh, look at the Leafs fans. I'm scared of the Montreal. Not scared, my friend. Just labeling you a potential threat. But we'll leave it there. Yeah,
1: and... and- no, no just quickly on that. It's not that we're scared, you know, and and, and fans should be scared because we got we got one heck of a team. Uh, you, at the end of the day, watching Montreal and over what the last few years and what they what they've gone through, um, you can't help but notice that they've made some moves to get back into contention. And uh, not scared, but definitely a team you're going to have to be watching this year if uh, if you're if you're battling in the Eastern Conference for sure.
0: Oh, for sure, 100 percent. Not a, not even a doubt. Now the next thing that I look at and I go ahead and I say, okay. The Ottawa Senators. Now I'm gonna go and say a huge blow. I don't know what the situation is, but it did break about 13 hours ago. I think it was that the second overall or third overall pick, Tori um, Tim Stutzel, is undergoing surgery on his arm. I believe today, um, from what I read, it is something that is broken. Um, so that does not sound good. Um, we are a couple away, like, you know, maybe a couple months away from training camp. So, But, I mean, obviously, a broken something that requires surgery in your arm, um, I believe it was uh, Mannheim's GM who uh, had the quote. But you talk about wanting to get a guy in there and maybe have him be an impact player. Um, now, potentially, uh, obviously, he's going for surgery, needs to get his arm fixed. Um, that's not good for the Ottawa Senators. But then you look at this team as a whole, okay? Are they not already broken? I'm not saying that to make fun. This team is on the upswing. I said it to you guys in the group chat. Uh, I know Jen, who's not with us today, I don't know if she's sleeping or where she's at. But I look at it, you know, she was upset about Matt Murray going there. This team is on the upswing. Is it going to be this year? No. Is it going to be next year? Possibly. You look at this squad and the pieces that they have, the Shabbats, you know, the Stutzels, and, you know, the T'Chucks and all the young guys that they have. There's many, many, many players. I know they want to lock down Connor Brown as well. But you look at this squad and you say, that team can make some noise with a few key veteran additions. It wasn't meant to be for this year. They got Matt Murray in there to help them win some games, to, you know, give the young guys the confidence, um, you know, bring along the Stutzels, the T'Chucks, the Shabbats, you name it, to get them up to level. And I know... There's a lot of Ottawa fans, well, what do you know about our team? Well, I'll look at your team, and I say, you know what? You were where the Toronto Maple Leafs were when they had the Neilanders and the Miners, and they were trying to bring along guys and figure out who they were before they landed Matthews. So you guys have bona fide players, bona fide NHL talent in some of these guys. I would even say bona fide, maybe super, superstar talent, but you're still a ways away. And Matt Murray gives those guys an opportunity to win games, but also gives them guys... The thought process in their head that management and the GM and everyone around this team believes in us to carry the load to get to the next level, they went and they got us a goaltender. They went and they got us a two-time Stanley Cup champion at 26 years old and signed him in Matt Murray. So that to me speaks to the fact that they understand that these young guys need to see action from the team, and this is the action they got. And we all know what Eugene Melnick said. It's going to be a couple years before they're into the money years where they're going to go spend. So this is that little glimmer to say, hey, listen, we're going to help you guys win games, but right now we know that we're not there. We know what we need to add. We know what we need to do, but we're not there yet. Let's get everybody along. Let's get some more experience and let's keep it going. And Ottawa, that's where I see you at. That's where I see you. I label you a 0 percent chance of a threat and that's not a shot that's the fact to say your young guys are coming along and you guys will be scary you guys will be a threat but as of right now zero percent chance of a threat to anyone really in the Atlantic division I do think it'll be between you and Detroit battling it out at the bottom uh with Buffalo in the mix as well but that's my thought Kyle where are you at
1: yeah well I mean when you go to the to the Matt Murray side of it all, I mean, um, definitely definitely potential to be you know a, a solid goaltender for you and 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 win you some games, but I don't know, man. I, that team, they, they got some pieces, yes. They got some, they got you know, they got you know, I guess a, a bright future, or a good a good look in in the near future, but I I don't know. They they can that team that Montreal was uh, a couple, like you know, last season and the season before. A team that you look at them on paper, you're like, man, probably not going to do much. And then they can hit the ice, right? And you know, they have nothing to lose at this point. They're just they're trying to build. So I, I could see them being there. I could definitely see them being uh, a pain in some teams' butts as the season goes on. And and you know, the teams are, are starting to make take shape in the standings, but. Uh, uh, am I convinced they're going to be a real contender even at the bottom? Not yet. No, um, I think they're there. They're close. They. I mean, depending on how a couple moves go during the season, they could be. So, um, it's it's a tough one. I, I mean, I, I hope them the best. I, I'm a Matt Matt Murray fan, and like you said, talking with Jen, um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't too pleased at how Pittsburgh, did, you know, did that whole deal and how how he was moved out or whatever. Um, you know, just a real tough situation after what he's done for that organization. But um, I guess. To the to the Pittsburgh way, they did it to Flurry. They'll do it to they'll do it to Murray, right? So uh, it just, I mean, it's tough. I don't know. I, I don't see I I don't see them being that much of a contender or that much of a, a pain in anybody's butt. But at, at the same time, they're that team that they could hit the ground running, and uh, you could be seeing a whole lot of different stuff in a couple months of the season's underway.
0: Yeah, you never know, right? I mean, Matt Murray gets hot. I mean, some of these players come along a little further than expected. We've seen it with teams before. And we've seen teams that are really good, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, miss the playoffs by a couple of points because of key injuries. So you got to wonder what's going on. But we're going to head on. I didn't mention the Florida Panthers in alphabetical order, folks, for a reason. Uh, we're going to touch on the Tampa Bay Lightning first, then do Florida and Toronto. Why? Because I have a little bit of a, a fun thing happening, thinking with Florida here. So we'll touch on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, what more can you say? They won the Cup. They should just pack their bags and enjoy next season and sit down and be goddamn quiet, but you know they won't. Um, you know, they did some tidy work. They they, they put Tyler Johnson on waivers. Um, they got a clear cap space. They got to sign Sergeyev. Um, they got to sign Sorelli. Um, they're prime for an offer sheet. They got Patty Maroon back. They got Lukey Shen back, which I wanted Lukey on the Leafs, but it's all right. The re- reuniting was not going to be this year. But you look at Tampa and what the Chicago Blackhawks were when they won their Cups. They have to sell off assets now, and it doesn't look like any team's really wanting to help them in doing so. So I'm wondering if there's a team that's going to have some cap space that goes, hey, I would love to have an Anthony Sorelli, or I would love to have a Mikhail Sergeyev on my team, so I'm going to go and offer them X, Y, and Z, and... Nothing really Tampa can do about it. Even if they go the 10% over, you still have to get back down, which is proving to be very hard. You look at all the teams wanting to make deals. It's just not there. So do I see Tampa next year being a threat? Yes. Do I see them being the Stanley Cup threat they were this year? Possibly. I would say that they are one of the biggest threats in the Atlantic Division to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Not only because they just won the Cup, but because of the fact the players they have still on the roster and the wiggle way that Breesbois and before him, Yeiserman, used to be able to seem like there was no cap in the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. They got all these guys for somehow in some way, the Stammers, you know, the Vlasilevskis, you name it, they're all signed to under 10 mil. So I see this team being a huge threat to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't see them making any more key additions I see them having to jet-send a couple players, but they've drafted really well, and they've found ways to find diamonds in the rough to get them into their organization and have them at bare minimum, Uh, Sorelli being one of them. You look at Nemestikov we talked about earlier. They flipped him for assets a couple seasons ago. So the, the options are there, the way they can do it. They always seem to grease themselves out of it. So I see them greasing themselves up right now and getting ready to slide through a crack in the wall like a fat man. What do you think, Kyle?
1: Well, I, 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 mean, like you, like you said, they've, uh, they've done it the right way. Uh, you, they got a whole bunch of stars under 10 million dollars at, at an AAV. So I mean, they're definitely a team that, is, you know, they, they've done, they've done things the right way. They've, uh, you know, they've kept their their core pieces together, and just like you said, just like Chicago, yeah, you move those outside pieces around, but at the end of the day, the core's still there, and the core's still getting the job done. So. I mean when you got a when you got a goaltender like Vasilevsky and uh you know, you got you got guys obviously Stan Coast, you know, injured didn't get much uh, much playing time, but even the guys around him, the Tyler Johnson's, the Braden points, all those guys, I mean, at the end of the day, they get the job done and then you've seen the wheel work begin right away. Tyler Johnson on waivers and I'm not gonna lie, I got excited. Uh, as, a, as a as a Leafs fan, I was like, could we just claim him off waivers and just take that you know nice little contract and make it work for the next year or two? Um, but you know it was uh, it was when he when he when he when he cleared waivers, you you seen that they had already already had this plan. They knew what they were doing. Um, they're gonna bring him back. They got their they got Shen back. They got Patty Maroon. You know they got they got a team, and you can't knock them out any any year. Like you see, um, even this year, I mean. With Stamkos being injured, you, you weren't sure how it was going to go. You weren't sure if they were going to be able to be the team that, you know, they've been the juggernaut team in years. And they came out and, and flat out just outplayed people. They outplayed everybody. And, you know, they just uh, they looked, they just kept getting better. So definitely a team that, you know, Leafs uh, Leaf fans will be watching. And, uh, you know, the Leafs staff and the Leafs players will be watching and keep an eye on. And uh, definitely a team we're going to see battling for another playoff spot. And uh, I definitely – I'm, I'm interested to see what they' what they do to finish things off but uh I mean I, I was with you as well James seeing uh, Luke Chen possibly on the out would have been uh, would have been nice and fitting to bring him back to Toronto and uh, you know in a different role than what he was given you know so many years ago when he came in and was supposed to be the highly touted draft pick but uh I mean it, 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 Tampa Bay at the end of the day they're gonna win they're gonna find a way to win and they're gonna find a way to to be competitive so I, I'm definitely. Definitely a team I, I'm going to be keeping my eye on, and uh, definitely someone I see uh, that the Leafs are going to have to get
0: through if they want to be successful this year. No, definitely. It's going to be a team they have to battle with now. The next squad I want to talk about I'm really nervous about. Uh, the reason why I say that is they're probably going to make deals or have to make deals or want to make deals, and Mackenzie Weger's name is out there. It's the Florida Panthers. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs are linked to Mackenzie Weger. I'd love to see him in a Leafs uniform. Uh, by all accounts from Chris Johnson, the Leafs are not done. But we're going to touch on them in a moment. But you look at their back end, and we'll we'll talk about their other additions here in a moment. But Mackenzie Wieger, Aaron Eckblad, Keith Yandel, Marcus Nunavara, Anton Straumann, and Rackle Gudis. Um, hello? That is a solid decor. Absolutely solid decor. Then you look at the up front, the fact that you just got Patrick Hornqvist. To play on your team, you have Barkov, you have Huberdo, you have now Alex Wenberg that you went and signed. I look at this squad and I say, holy crap, you know. And then if Sergei Bobrovsky is on his game, which he's on again, off again, so hopefully this year is his on year. Wow, if the Florida Panthers don't make a move on the back end, that is a solid decor, and the forward group is a uh, you know not one of the top notch but definitely one that can hold its own in the NHL. Losing Mike Hoffman doesn't seem to be bothering them too much. So I look at the Florida Panthers and I quickly say, trade us goddamn Mackenzie Weger. We got that. That's out there. I want that done. And then I will rubber stamp you as a threat in the Atlantic Division. I think if Bobrovsky is on, this team is ready to compete with the top echelon of the Atlantic Division.
1: Yeah, I and... I mean, you can't not like you said. The Florida—they definitely went from uh, from a team with some with a couple good players to a team that uh, you're definitely going to be paying attention to. And I mean, they've they've got like you said, they've got Barkov, they got Hurbio, you got Hornqvist, and maybe you know. I guess are they done? You don't know, but they they're there. You know what I mean? So yeah, you need goaltending. Obviously, you're paying your goaltender a heck of a lot of money. Um, he's supposed to be your guy. So. He's got to show up, and yeah, Florida's definitely got a case to be a team. And I, 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 mean, I hate to say it, but there could be a way for them to bring fans back into that building eventually if they, if they can continue being, you know, somewhat successful. We know it's hard in Florida, you know, they very rarely get, get, get a draw at the crowds. But um, I mean, when you got a team like this with some, some players as you do, it, it takes, uh, you know, some good goaltending and some luck, and uh, this team could be one of the top teams in the East. So. It'll be really interesting to see how how they play out and how things go for Florida, but uh, I'm definitely uh, definitely give them a give them a good check mark for the uh, for the move made and uh, and for what they got going on out there. Definitely a team we're gonna have to keep an eye on.
0: So uh, I think you know, and you you look at Aaron Eplatt and you look at the the guys Jonathan Huberdeau and Barkov. Those are guys that are, are gonna screw you over. And if, yeah. you're, if you're not on their team, and they're going to make sure it's hard to play against. I look at Florida, like I said, and I stamp them that, okay, you're on threat level. I, I'm watching for you now because you've made moves, and Bobrovsky, like I said, is on. It's on and over. But I want to go. This is the jam of the show, folks. I know we're released Leafs podcast, and we took a very long time to get here. But here we are. Pull the car in. Put it in park. Get ready. Sit back. Kick your feet up. This is the Toronto Maple Leafs portion of the show. And I want to do a huge shout-out. It just broke two seconds ago. Patty Marlowe, one-year deal to the San Jose Sharks, 700 k which will probably take one of the points I had for this segment off. With Joe Thornton coming to the Toronto Maple Leafs, there's apparently mutual interest by both sides. But if Patty Marlowe's going back to the Sharks, you know Joe Thornton is going as well.
1: Yeah, I mean... uh, uh... I just seen that come across on my notifications there as we were chatting. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Friedman, the way he put it out there, he's, he's coming home, you know, Patty, Patty's back. Um, he's going to be in San Jose for one season at the league Mid, which is, which is awesome for San Jose. Um, and awesome for Patty. You know, he's been a long time, long time member of the San Jose family. And, uh, you know, took a few years to step away and go, go try and hand somewhere else. But, uh, it's good to see him back there it's good to see you know you believe that he'll probably end his career there um which is fitting and uh, yeah i mean as as you said jumbo Joe's likely going to return with him and uh i mean i i was on the jumbo joe train last year and the in the year before i mean i'd love to see him with his beard in toronto and just just taking some people over on the third or fourth line but uh Definitely, San Jose's got you know they got their their guys their veterans back and uh, we'll see what they can do with it. But uh, congrats to Patty and San Jose on getting that job done and uh, I'm sure Patrick and his family are, are happy to be home in San Jose where they where where it all began.
0: And another tip of the cap to uh, Kashmir Kaskasuo, um, obviously yes. said goodbye to the Toronto Maple Leafs yesterday. Signs a deal in the with the Nashville Predators as well, so one year, one mil. So, very happy for Kashmir. Uh, best of luck, tip of the cap to you. Sadly, you didn't make it up, but I always liked watching you and definitely a top-flight kind of guy. But you look at the moves that Kyle Dubas made, and I want to ask you, before anything else, if I were to say this to you, you have to trade your second-line center, you have to trade your top-flight defenseman at $5 million, and then potentially have to move a goaltender and another player to be able to sign one guy, would you do it? Uh, no. So you look at what Vegas had to do to get Alex Petrangelo And I've said to you guys time and time again I would not sign Alex And that's why Vegas yeah. had to shed Statsny, They shed friggin um, Schmidt Smith. They still need to make more moves To get it all fit underneath the cap So you got another guy going out And it just came down last night That now McCrimmon is not moving Marc-Andre Fleury it is going to be Flurry and Leonard as a tandem in Vegas next season.
1: Yeah, and that that's a uh, that was that came down right after the uh, the announcement that Leonard is going to undergo uh, shoulder surgery, um, which is kind of fitting in a sense because now now you can see all you know uh, Vegas they, they got their goaltender for the future they want Leonard in net, um, but you know they got lucky having Flurry already and they're going to keep him around just to make sure that Leonard comes back. And at this time, at this rate too, you know. You know Fleury can get the job done, right? So That's now it, you yep. don't have to rush you don't have to rush Leonard. Uh, you can let you can let Leonard kind of feed back in as he starts to feel comfortable and the shoulders good and everything. Because the last thing Vegas wants right now is for Leonard to come back early and, you know, hurt the shoulder or whatever the case may be and, and they lose him for another year or, or another long term period, right? So um, I think McCurry got lucky with, with having Flurry already and not having him moved him already. Um, so they get the they get the fail safe as I called it on social media. I think that's what I told I posted on Twitter. Um, you know it's a safe bet, a fail safe for them. And um, I mean at the end of the day, Flurry's going to go into the net and he's going to stop punking, he's going to give you a chance to win. He's done it all his career and he's going to continue to do so. Um, so definitely, you know, Leonard gets to uh, you know rehab the injury at, at a normal pace. He doesn't have to worry about rushing, especially with how the off season and the season is going to begin late and all that chaos. So. Uh, Definitely lucky for for Vegas having Flurry on deck, but uh, I guess it gives Flurry a chance to uh, you know shine and you know possibly be the uh, the trade deadline deal that Vegas needs to maybe get him back over the hump again. Who
0: knows, right? No, I agree with you fullheartedly, my friend. So I look at the other work. We go back to the Toronto Maple Leafs now, and you sit down and you think. Um, so you sign Jason Spezza, and everybody's like, "Okay, how does that make us tougher?" Then you go, and, <laughs> then you go and sign Wayne Simmons. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if you're a chart guy. I don't care if you're an eyeball guy. Wayne Simmons is a player the Toronto Maple Leafs need. It's been said a hundred times, but I'll repeat it one more time. He's had so much time to heal up. So much time to get the body ready for a rough and tumble season with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's a guy who wants to play here. Took less money to play here. Spurned the Montreal Canadiens to play here. So now... I look at Wayne Simmons and I say, I can't wait to see him put up potentially 10 to 15 goals and punch some guys in the head for running his boys and going crazy and doing different things. And you mix that in with a guy like Zach Bogosian, and it says, okay, we're starting to get a little bit more rough and tumble. And then you get the big guy like a Jimmy Vc who's about 6'3". You add the um, replacement for Tyson Berry, as you say, and TJ Brody. And you start looking at this Leafs team in a little bit different lens. He took care of the D, like I said. I wanted him to get two defensemen. He did. He took care of the bottom six, like I said to you guys. I wanted that bottom six to be more hard to play against, and he did it. He went out and he did it. You know, has he got all the pieces yet? No, I don't think so. I keep beating the Mackenzie Wieger drum, but there's also more people that I think are going to be coming to the Toronto Maple Leafs and there'll be more deals. And Chris Johnson said it as much on the STP podcast. There's more things going to come. We just have to wait. So I can't wait. Kyle, I I rubber stamp what Kyle Dubas did here. I give him a B plus only because it's not finished. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Well, and and I'm I'm right on board. I mean, um, we, when he announced the Spencer signing, it was like, okay, well that's good. Give Spence a full chance with, with Keith and, and Dubas. and you know, you know, he obviously he had that rough start with, with Babcock, and you know, give him a give him a fair chance, at, and and he can he, at the end of the day, he's going to be a fourth line guy, he's going to be a veteran guy, he's going to be a voice guy for you, and uh, you know, those are things that he can he can do well, so I'm going to give him a contract as a voice. Sure, and then they brought Simmons, and that was the splash. Right now, I was like, all right. Well, I mean, if all else fails, at least we got the grit, and we brought Wayne Simmons. That's cool. I mean, I'm kind of happy with that. And you know, when he when he went out, he continued to make You know, he, he brought in and stuff like. That. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm with you from the start, James. And me and you talked about this plenty. I don't want trans well I don't want one guy. Well, at eight million when I could bring in three or four guys at eight million dollars and that in that amount of money yeah and, and still 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 the same voice right and I'm so glad dubis you know as much as you know he even said he's like we, we, we were in on petraro but we weren't even close so you can tell where the, where the lease were gonna sit and they weren't gonna overpay for him. um and that's one thing you know I think at the end of the day down the road vegas is going to see they he might have overpaid for, but at the end of the day, that's that's all that's all speculation, right? You, know, you got to see how he goes. But for Kyle Dubis in the Leafs, I mean, man, you can't say that it was not a that already in the, what the first week it wasn't a, a a start of a great off season and a free agency period for the Leafs. I mean, addressed a bunch of needs, brought in a bunch of depth. Um, I mean, you went from having you know having uh, end ball and, and 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 conversation on who's going to play the fourth and third lines, and now you're. Now you're now you're looking at okay well which guys are going to battle out and end up in the minors because we've got so many there you got a VC you got boy you know you got you got guys that can contend for third and, third line fourth line minutes and I mean and now you got some competition within the team and you got some guys that can really you know put a put up some points in a, in a minimal role and I think if you give anything less than a B plus or you know even an A A minus I mean Kyle Dubas has had a great offseason in a short amount of time uh, at the end of the day. We're four hundred thousand dollars under the cap. Obviously, we still got you know a couple RFAs. You got Dermot
0: and you got McKay to get done, but Dermot ain't coming back.
1: Guy. Yeah, and, and and I I believe both of them will be back. Even if McKay, I mean going to come back, I think you need him on that on that you know second third line wherever you put him. Uh, he's definitely a force. He can score. He showed that he can do it. Uh, even when he came back from his injury, he could still do it. It looked like he didn't miss a beat. His the skating's there. Uh, I definitely think Engvall is an odd man out now. I think Engvall, you know, he's definitely, for for the above men that he's making and for his role, I think we have enough of them now um, that we can make that case to, to move him out and, and clear a little bit of cash space. But at the end of the day, folks, we got him in our front office. We're only going to be roughly, you know, a few million dollars over the cap. That's nothing for the Leafs to, to hide and dump in certain ways. So um, is Dubit done? No. Just like Johnson said on, on SDP and and I and we I think most of us have known it. Um, there's definitely more to come. We got to make a little bit of room still, so you're definitely going to make some moves. And uh, who knows what that brings in on a back deal? Uh, I mean, Kyle Kyle Kyle's been known as the fleet master at certain times and bringing in return, but uh, you know he's also known as uh, you know not bringing in enough. So it'll be interesting to see what he does in the in the next coming days um, and over the rest of the off season, but. Like you said, James, a B plus at the at the least for for Kyle Dubas and the the front office for getting that job done and uh, bringing in some much needed uh, some much needed players that are going to definitely help us down the down the end. And one thing I said at the end of the day, folks, if you if you look at anything else, look at the Stanley Cup experience that he's brought in in the last you know few players. You got a guy like a Pogosian that's that's just won a cup and he's been through it. And he's been through the lows of it, too, you know what I mean? Um, guys like, I believe, Boyd's won a cup as well. You know, like, these are all guys that, that you know, at the end of the day, that's not stuff that portrays the points on the ice. But that that's huge for guys like Matthew, Marner, uh, you know, all those guys and in the, in the young guys, Morgan, Riley. The, that's valuable experience that you can't get anywhere else. And, I mean, when you get down to the, say, if we can, you know, for say that the Leafs finally make it past the first round of a playoffs, and we get into the, the nitty-gritty of it, those guys are going to be guys you lean on all year, and those guys are going to eat up big minutes and going to play big, big roles for the Leafs going down the stretch. So uh, don't just sleep on the fact that we got, you know, a Bogosian. A, he's just a defenseman. No, he brings a lot more to the table, and uh, I'm excited to see what these guys do for the Leafs, and uh, I just wish we could get this started now, actually.
0: <laughs> I wish season two, but uh, like I said, I, I don't think Travis Dermott is a Toronto Maple Leafs next year. Um, you look at Vegas, 6.9 million over the cap. They need to make moves. Toronto wants to make moves. Uh, the yeah. Islanders want to make moves. There's lots of teams that do. So it's going to take time. But I don't see Dermot back. Um, I see them going and getting somebody different. Uh, I, I like Dermot. I like what he brings. But he's inconsistent as all hell. Um, you yeah. know, he's a, he's a dick to play against. He's hard to move off the puck. But it's not there every night. Um, and they need it every night. And right now, I think the moves that you're seeing the Maple Leafs make. They're a team that wants to win now. They put their yeah. chips in with Freddie, which I'm glad they did. I was a big Freddie guy. I've never wavered from that. They went and they got the D to play in front of them. They went and got tougher, harder to play against, bigger bodies, different forwards, more depth with NHL goal-scoring experience in Boyd, in VC, you name it. So they went and they made the moves they need to make. Here's the thing. Dermott won't be back. McKayev um, will. I don't know for how much. But Toronto still needs to make moves. And I think the likely guy out is going to be Kerfoot. I don't want it to be. I'm a Kerfoot guy. I like what he brings on the penalty kill. I like these third-line center. Uh, but we have guys that are in the organization now that can do it for cheaper. Um, and there's guys in the open market, if you go get a Joe Thornton, that can maybe do it for cheaper than that. So, yeah, I think that you see Kerfoot gone, Dermott gone, and maybe even Justin Hall. So you look at those three. And I, I like like I just want to touch on it because I could see
1: Dermot going depending on <laughs> what it's gonna be, and you know for for what we've brought in you, you still got a you, you could put Hall in there you could put Dermot, and like you said Dermot is inconsistent but at the end of the day Dermot's young and uh, that's one thing you got to give him I mean and he's been trusted into some roles that you know he probably wasn't fully ready for depending you know just just by you know um, what critics say he's an NHL player yeah but he's a young guy and he got thrown into the wolves um, for a season or two there, and you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, he he has it. It's just a matter of, like you said, bringing it every night and being that consistent, you know, defenseman that's going to play a, a big role for you. But I, I just, I don't see Kerf I, I, I I'm a, I'm a guy where Kerfoot plays more than just a center. He can play center, he can play wing, but he's also that penalty killing man. I mean, he, what he gives you on the PK alone, and what, like, who what do you else you put in there? Like for his speed and what he can bring you. I don't, like, I don't know if you can afford to let him go of all players, like, you know what I mean, so, at the end of the day, like and like we said, Jen, it's it's not over, right? and there's definitely more to come, and, you know, there's definitely teams out there that, that still need to make some moves, and that uh, still need to, you know, find a way to, to definitely, you know, get under the cap, and at the, the least or one of them, we're gonna have to find a way, but, I, I, I honestly don't want it to be careful unless, I like I don't know, like who else you could bring in that can do his job and do what he does for the team and, and the penalty kill. And uh, what he can offer, you know, just being able to jump up and down the line of being fast, being skilled in, being a, a centerman of such a, a solid centerman. So, I don't know, man. I, I'm not on that careful, train I hope he stays. I don't think we can really afford to let him go. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess it's a good position to be in to... Uh, to have options and uh, to see where things play out, but uh, definitely I can see Dermot going. Um, Dermot and Hall. I think. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be one of them. To be honest, I, I don't think you can keep both. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how that that plays out at the end of the
0: day. If you want, because um, obviously now you have Bogosian and obviously you have uh, T.J. Brody. So it was uh, Muzzin and Hall that were a solid defensive pair. So that leads me to believe it had to be one. I think Hall would stay just for the continuity with uh, with Jake Muzzin and maybe letting Bogo play uh, bottom pair minutes. But there's rumors out there that he may be playing with Morgan Riley as a Riley-Bogo pairing, so who knows. Uh, we will see what happens when the season shakes out. But that is all the time we have today. We ran through the Atlantic Division. We talked about the signings, who's a threat, who's not. And here is my prediction as of right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs for what they will be next season and what they will do. I'm not going to give you one because they're not done. <laughs> Well, my friend, that has been the episode for today, sir. Do you have anything to add before we jump out of here? Hey, my friend, it's uh, always a pleasure. Folks, uh, the Leafs
1: aren't done yet. It's going to be exciting, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing what else happens. James, my friend, be good, and uh, we uh, we will definitely talk soon, okay, my friend? We
0: will talk soon. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk.